Hey, everybody. Welcome in. Thanks for joining us. I'm James Adams. He's Skeeter Robinson, the Fantastics, my fantasy fix, DFS golf podcast. And we are getting ready for major number three, the United States Open, our national championship, Skeeter. And it's taking place at uh, Los Angeles Country Club. We, uh, We'll take a peek at that. We'll take a peek back at a, a couple of tournaments. We uh, we were not here for the Canadian Open, which turned out to be uh, maybe the tournament of the year. We'll see if that holds true. Uh, the Memorial, also a great playoff finish. Skeeter, before we look forward to the L.A. Country Club and our national championship, uh, A, how you doing? And B, what are you taking away from these two exceptional playoff finishes that we've had on tour the last two weeks? Yeah, so I didn't get to watch the uh, weekend at Memorial because that's when I was in Fort Lauderdale. Um, but I was following along, and uh, I I had one lineup on going into Sunday that I thought, if everything broke right, this could win tournaments. Um, it didn't, and it really started when Colin Morikawa had to withdraw. Like, he was my one-and-done that week, and that's all. That was just painful. Um, the consolation prize I got was I... Before I left on Friday, I bet Hovland at twenty-eight to one, and you know he came <laughs> no in a comment, no I, comment. Yeah, I know it's uh, unfortunately for you, it came at your expense, but um, but no, I mean, betting aside, we knew Hovland was eventually going to win in, in continental U.S. It was a matter of time, and to do it there, it just felt like this was about time. And I'm not sure that this is the first time we see him win over the next few months. <laughs> Might not be the first time we see him win this month, uh, or the no. second, the only time. I, it will be the first time we see him win this month because it was that was dumb. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, and that I could like him this week because that short game has come around. Before we get to this week, I'll tell you what. So um, I was I had a McCarthy ticket, ten bucks on him at 125 to one to win Memorial. Uh, was painful on Sunday in that playoff hole. But I had a blast. I actually ended up walking uh, with him Saturday and Sunday. Was uh, getting some high fives from his family, and uh, they were they were very kind to me. It was a pretty cool experience. But Skeeter, I also had a lineup that had Denny McCarthy in it, and it was in a smaller contest, the smaller eight dollar three entry max. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was second place at one point, cashing for like one hundred fifty. I think two hundred bucks was first place. Oh, nice. So it was only like one point five k. It wasn't the fifteen k. It was I, I set lineups late that week, or you know, no, you know what it was? I set multiple lineups. So once that three filled up, I filled up the other. At any rate, it doesn't matter. It was in second place. It was not going to win uh, anyway. But when McCarthy dropped out, I plummeted down to like not even a three digit finish. Um, but I had some good success uh, for the Memorial. But what I can say is when that happened to McCarthy, I felt like a man on an island because everyone else was standing there in that, I don't know, 500-yard radius besides maybe another 20 people were cheering for Victor Hovland. It had to be what Tommy Fleetwood felt like yesterday there in Toronto. Yeah, I'll get to I'll get to that one in a minute. Did you at all consider hedging by betting like Hovland in the playoff at all? Never. Okay. Maybe I should have. But I will tell you this, Skeeter. When I had 20 bucks on the Bengals to win the Super Bowl and they played in the Super Bowl, 
at 100 to 1. So that was a $2,000 cash ticket if they won. Yep. I could have laid like a 1000 on the Rams money line. So this is a different hedge perspective. But I thought, you know what? I'm not even going to enjoy it if the Rams win. Screw it. I'm not hedging. I thought about it after the fact. Maybe I should have thought about it during the round. I was certainly swept up in being there and enjoying the moment. But what were the odds? I mean, were the numbers even? Because, no. I mean, I had $10 to win uh, $1,200 on Denny McCarthy. How much was I going to – I was going to have to, like, make a deposit into an account and then get make sure the bet went through while I was sharing Wi-Fi with my closest 25,000 friends. Like, nah, I never really thought about yeah. it. I don't hedge. I like the long shots anyway. It's just how I am. I enjoy losing money and telling the stories instead of actually cashing. Well, I mean, hey, we all do that. No, and, no, and, and there are there are arguments that you shouldn't hedge. Um, but, you know, I did that yesterday. So I didn't to bet anything pre-tournaments or anything, which was ended up being a good thing. Um, but going into Sunday, I think there was a boost on, on DraftKings. So I, so I took Fleetwood. I got him at like six and a half to one or something. So then the playoff comes and Nick Taylor's even money. I'm like, all right, well, fine. I'll put some money on Taylor. That way I'm guaranteed to profit either way. I mean. Fleetwood would have been better for me financially, but not story wise. What a story that was! I mean, first of all, what was he like five over after his first nine on um mm-hmm. on on Thursday? On Thursday, mm-hmm. to go shoot sixty three and then a, what sixty six and to get into a playoff and then to make a seventy two footer on a fourth playoff hole, just incredible. It's hard to believe that it won't be one of the sports stories of the year. Uh, some folks that don't follow golf maybe just won't get into it as much. But, I mean, we had the conversation yesterday, uh, and you said this is like a Ryder Cup. I'm like, dude, nobody – it's been 69 years since a Canadian has won this. Ryder Cup happens every two years. A decade is a nasty drought in the Ryder Cup. This is beyond that. It was insane. Uh, you know how I like to like be a fake Canadian because I spent a lot of time up there fishing yeah. – um, so I was certainly swept up in the storyline, uh, as much as anybody and any viewer that was watching throughout the course of the day yesterday would have had to have been my goodness. What a great storyline. And the fact that it paid off, like when Fleetwood makes the longer birdie putt on 18, the first time, the, the first playoff hole, yep. and you got one of the more emotional reactions I've ever seen from Tommy Fleetwood yeah. with the fist pump, you know, I mean, he certainly responded and we know what's on the line. He responded like he would have in Ryder cup action. I thought, man, that was it. Yep. Taylor got away with the top and is going to, you know, and then made a great third shot. And somehow uh, it just kept happening. I, look, I mean, where he made that Eagle putt from in the fourth playoff hole, dude, I would be ecstatic the three-putt from there. I think most professionals would have taken a two-putt and walked away and not even taken their chance at a win. Maybe not. Maybe it's a little exaggeration, especially since they'd already played the whole three times before that fourth. But, yeah, holy crap, what a story. Okay, so he had been there, I think was it the second playoff hole? Like, he was in that same general area, and he references yep. afterwards saying, hey, yep. I kind of knew... I, I remember what this putt did the first time, so I kind of had an idea what it w- would do this time, and sure enough, bang. He knew what it was going to do. I mean, he had a dead center. Uh, yeah, dude, I but, was getting fired up. I mean, you know, I sent the picture to you with my uh, my yes, stupid I, my stupid big Canadian top hat on. I'm, I, I'm tempted to post that with this podcast, <laughs> like, by the way. Um, 
I'll allow it. Okay. <laughs> I um, don't care. <laughs> as, I, as I told you, you know, yesterday, like, Nick Taylor's, Nick Taylor winning yesterday, he made the Canada Sports Hall of Fame. He whatever, did. Whatever, whatever sports, I mean, Canadian Golf Hall of Fame, Canadian sports, whatever it was, he just made it. So I flipped over because I didn't have enough when that broadcast ended, and I flipped from uh, CBS back to the Golf Channel. No 60 minutes for me, thank you. And I believe it was Johnson Wagner. It was either him or I, I, I forget who he was co-hosting with. Said simp, said that, matter of fact, said that win today just put him in the Canadian Golf Hall of Fame, period, yeah. period. And probably Sports Hall of Fame. Quite Possibly, Just dude. Like I mean, Hideki, Hideki, when he won the Masters, he's immediately in the Japanese Sports Hall of Fame or whatever that is. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard to believe that he isn't. Uh, it's hard to believe that he isn't. Um, and then, like the afterwards, when they interview him, he's like, he, he literally is like, I, I don't, I don't have words for this. I just, and I'm just like, yeah, this is this is that kind of moment where like that's cool. You don't there there needs to be no words. Like uh, it probably is going to take. It might take until he tees off in round one next year to really let it all sink in when he's the defending champion. I don't know. It was awesome. Uh, that's why we watch sports. And I, I know you and I both agree too. It happened at a great time for golf, given what oh. happened earlier in the week. So it was not only great for like PGA, but it was just great for golf, man. What great timing. Uh, golf seems to find that somehow. Yeah. So a couple of things. Number one, I even texted this to the playoff, like, gosh, I hate to see either guy lose. Like, Tommy's sure. been so close, and he's so likable, and yes, he, he of is. course, was so classy afterwards, but, um... It was. Oh, what a, what a heartbreak. But again, if you're going to lose that 72-foot eagle putt, what can you do about it? That's just, you know, you tip your hat, say congratulations, and move on. But, um... But, yeah, here we go again, like... Why is it every time there's some sort of PGA live debate... Like, we saw this at uh, the PGA Championship where, okay, Brooks Kepka is your winner, you know, all right, Liv got their win. But in some ways, it was slightly overshadowed by Michael Block. Here we go after this whole week of this, you know, surprise merge, which I got the text when I'm on a fishing boat in the Atlantic <laughs> in Fort Lauderdale, and my first thought is, this is a joke, this isn't real. And then, nope, it was. For that to happen at the Canadian Open, who, who, by the way, I think they got canceled a couple of years ago because of COVID. Two years oh. running. They did not They did not okay. hold the tournament in 20 or 21. All right. Yeah, that's right. Because 21 was at Palmetto, I believe. Sounds right. Which was a favorite tournament of yours. <laughs> no. yeah, it was at the Lucas Glover or was that the uh, Patton yeah. Kazire no, disaster? Lucas Glover. Okay. <laughs> all these coronavirus uh, crazy tournament disasters, they all run uh, they all run concurrent in my brain. So so in a lot of ways, you know what? They they deserve they they deserve the Kennedy Open deserve this, they deserve their winner. Mm-hmm. It was great just like as you said, this is why we watch sports. It's something like this. Like and by the way, Nick Taylor, I think he's sixth at FedEx Cup now, like because don't forget, he battled all the way to the end with Scheffler and Phoenix. I mean, I gotta say, I don't really remember that at this point. He was the 54-hole leader, I think, and he didn't go away with Scheffler, and I think there were a couple, I forget who else was charging at him, but he didn't go away. Scheffler, I think, eventually, I mean, Scheffler's beat him, but Nick Taylor was right there till the end at, at Phoenix. 
Interesting. That's that's one I almost I vaguely remember you talking about Nick Taylor uh, in the beginning of the season, but I don't know if uh, it's because I was too in tune with waste management or more worried about the uh, the Super Bowl. And I think he had I think he did something well at Sony as well. It probably wasn't the Super Bowl, uh, I assure you. Yeah, but Nick Taylor, I mean, and I think they mentioned on the broadcast too. So, you know, those host of guys, whether it was Hadwin, um, uh, um, Corey Connors, I think there's another guy that I'm for, uh, uh, Hughes, where I guess now Taylor is the first one to get to his third PGA Tour win. So that not only separates him from that group of Canadian peers in the Canadian Open Championship, but also in that third win. Yeah, I mean, Corey Connors just got to see if he can win somewhere besides uh, the Charlie Hoffman Open. Well, you know what? Um, we certainly don't like anybody besides Charlie Hoffman winning it. <laughs> this is true. Skeeter, anything else from the uh, last two weeks of some exceptional PGA Tour golf? No, no. And just to go with the whole merger thing with Liv and PGA Tour, I'm, I'm really curious to see where this plays out because I've already seen um, – the U.S. Senate has kind of started to say, hey, we need some documentation. We don't know what's going on. Like, how does this, you know, so we got the politics involved, which not a surprise. Like, what happens for all these players who went to live? Like, because there's going to be some sort of punishment, some sort of suspension, fine, something, I would think, to come back and, you know, like, if you're, like, Sergio or, you know, Sergio I know was bashing him. Um, you know, Patrick Reed suing, like, you wonder how they're going to be treated versus, like, Brooks, DJ, Varner, who were just like, yeah, well, no, this is what I did and whatever. I would imagine that they're all going to have to carry Rory's clubs for a week and then it'll be over. I don't think it'll be. I think it'll be something more. <laughs> no, the speculation I heard, which kind of makes sense to me, is uh, they'll just be ineligible for the PIP uh, for quite some time, maybe for a decade since they've already been given that money, and then the PIP money will maybe reimburse the guys that didn't go. That's just a speculation I heard. Like, I have no clue. But I'll tell you this. It is a, it's a soap opera that's definitely got a whole lot more to play out. Right, and, you know... Yeah, I have some reservations. Like, it kind of sounds like the it's you know it's hard to tell whether or not PIF, the Saudi public fund, whether they bought the PGA Tour or if they're just a seat at the table. But if they're a seat at the table, I can't imagine they're just going to sit by idly. Like that's you know the concern I would have. They they didn't buy a seat at the table to sit by idly. Correct. Is my my opinion. And I'll say this too: I happen to catch an interview with. Uh, so Denny McCarthy might be my new favorite golfer. Oh, uh, that's well, he's certainly getting in that Boo Weekly Charlie Hoffman uh, category okay. as the uh, as the underdog uh, doesn't have a great fan base that you know I can I can plant my flag on early. But uh, one guy I told you I like too, Scott Stallings. I heard a really good interview with him yesterday morning driving home on uh, the SiriusXM PGA Tour channel before coverage started, and kind of kind of seemed. To echo the same, I shouldn't say echo the same sentiments of Rory, seemed to have the same kind of feeling that Rory had where he felt like he maybe got stabbed in the back a little bit by his commissioner. Um, wow. And Colt Nost was not pulling any punches in the questions he was asking Stallings either. No, I even heard like a little five-minute interview with that earlier in the week with Jim Furyk. Because Furyk's the President's Cup captain, and he's like, I don't really know what's going on. And 
This just does, he, he didn't seem real comfortable with what happened, and I can't imagine many of them are. A whole lot, I think, uh, still to play out. and So the interviews this week will certainly be just as interesting, if not more so, than they were at the PGA Championship uh, with the same topic matter. And hopefully golf takes the forefront like I thought it did at the PGA Championship and certainly has since. Yeah, well, you know, there's going to be a guy, you know, because, you know, Brooks will be interviewed. Uh, oh, Cam yeah. Smith, like, Cam Smith might say some things, but Brooks probably is just not going to say a ton, like, yeah, it'll be nice to be back. Uh, again, he, I mean, he wasn't one who really seemed to burn bridges. Like, that's what I'm curious to see is these, these, these guys who burn some bridges. Like, what happens? Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Brooks certainly seemed like uh, he had buyer's remorse in the Netflix special, uh, so I'm sure he'll be happy to be back. Yes. Skeeter, are we ready to take it to... Um, the major championship of the month, number three on the calendar this year, the U.S. Open. Absolutely. Well, it's Los Angeles Country Club, and uh, I found uh, I found one particular scorecard indicating about seventy three hundred plus yard par seventy. Yep. Um, an interesting layout, and it makes sense to me because it's L.A. There's only so much real estate that you can get your hands on. So a par seventy has three par fives. Five par threes. Um, what are we making of this place? Uh, how are we how are we breaking this course down and the stats that we're trying to pull out of it? I mean, here's the thing: is that we don't know, right? Because we've never seen this course. I mean, I guess the 2017 Walker Cup was played here, but that's about it. So we don't know what it's going to be like under major conditions. Um, I believe, you know, interesting fact. I think it's the par five on the back. I think it's 14. The Playboy Mansion is on, you know, backs up to the course on that hole. Hmm. Maybe that may be a distraction from Brooks and some of the uh, some of the guys, but um, bunnies instead of birdies, or both on that hole. You never know. Um, hmm. yeah, I mean, it's a weird, it's a weird layout too. Like, just look at the par threes. You have a couple that are going to be like over two fifty. And you have one that literally one day they could play 80 yards. <laughs> so I watched the Golf Digest uh, video, you know, how they usually go, take a video drone over each hole at these courses. Mm-hmm. The flyover. Couldn't think of the word. <laughs> you know, th- th- have you have you seen anything, any pictures or anything about this course yet? A little bit. I haven't seen the actual course. I've just looked at the scorecard. Okay. This does not look like a Southern... This does not look like Southern California. Okay. It's... There's... I don't think there's any water. Probably not. It definitely looks like it's landlocked. It, uh, it definitely looks like it's not uh, on the ocean. It's... Uh, was it? Barranca, I think, is the term they're going to use. That that's kind of going to be a little bit of the protection. The, the U.S. Open rough will be, but... These fairways kind of look generous. There are some slopes. These greens are massive. So, you know, three putts with a lot of slopes involved. But I think driving distance is going to be a key here. Um, It almost kind of looks... I almost kind of want to say it almost looks a little linksy. A little American linksy a little bit. Like, it just does not look like it's in Southern California. The one course comp that I've heard a couple people say is Shinnecock. Okay. And kind of thinking about that, yeah, a little bit. I could see that. But 
you know, I, you know, I think you're, 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 you know, we, and we've seen this in the past few U.S. Opens. It's basically you, you've got to be able to hit the ball far. Like, you can get away with it at Pebble, but the rest of these courses, um, you know, Torrey, Shinnecock, um, Wingfoot, like, you've got to be able to bomb it. So, driving distance will be something I look at. Proximity for 175 plus will be there. Um, bogey avoidance anytime in the U.S. Open. I'm looking at that. Scrambling. I'm going to look a little bit at sand saves. I'm, like, there's a lot of bunkers, and there's some weird bunkers, too. Like, almost like fingers in some areas. So, okay. there's going to be some weird things. Uh, rough, I saw a picture today. Like in extreme spots, you can mi- you could kind of miss it. You know, the ball could just sit down, and it's Bermuda rough, I believe, bet grass greens. But so it could sit down. But I don't know. I don't. This, you know, last year we saw like six under win with Fitzpatrick at the Country Club. I could see something like that, or even maybe seven or eight under win. Like, I don't think this is gonna be one of those minus two wins. I'd be interesting. So I'm interested because I'm thinking about how it's compacted. It's stuck in where it's at in L.A. Uh, that I wasn't thinking about as much length as you are, but looking at the card, I can certainly see that playing out. There's also not uh, a ton. Of, there's also not a ton of trees. So yeah, it looks like. I mean, when you look at the overhead plotting of it from just like Google Maps, I mean, it looks like it is just a rectangle where you know the next fairway over is not far away. No, so it's, it's, it's an old-style classical course, but mm-hmm. you should be able to kind of drive, you know, you'll, you want to be in the fairway, obviously, it's a U.S. Open, but they are a little bit generous in size, and, you know, maybe the run-up will be a little tough, like, can you get a ball to actually run up onto the green and then even hold, because I don't think they've had a ton of rain, um, but you should have open, clear shots, so... I'm intrigued to see. Like after watching the flyover, like this is gonna be this is gonna be interesting to see. Yeah, and very much looking forward to taking a peek at it. Are you ready to take a peek at the players in this tournament? Yeah. One final thing I want to say is there was a few holes that they mentioned how there's a lot of slope on the fairways where like it'll just go right to left or left to right. So even be able to put your ball in the fairway, you know, it's going to funnel down to a certain area on some of these holes. So the greens, I think we'll have some of that runoff. Uh, I've heard Southern Hills could be a little bit of a comparison as well. So um, Southern Hills, Shinnecock seem to be the two that I've heard a little bit. Skeeter, we have ourselves a major championship with the full field and, I'm very excited to get your take on it. We'll start at the top. It's 10 K plus. It's Scotty Scheffler at 11-4, John Rahm's 11-1, Brooks Kepka 10-8, Cantley 10-3, Hovland 10-K even. Skeeter, what are you doing here? Who's your favorite? This is going to be Scheffler. Um, I've heard somebody on on PGA Tour Radio on Sirius basically said that Scheffler is putting up ball striking numbers similar to Tiger in 2000, 2001. Like, it's just his putter has just been so bad. But at a U.S. Open, people aren't going to putts as, you know, now, these are going to be tough greens, but but Scheffler, number one, tee to greens, second off the tee, eighth in distance, number one in approach, number one in greens, fourth in bogey avoidance, third in double avoidance, because it's a U.S. Open. I always like to look at that. Mm-hmm. Top five in the proximity, 175 plus. Not the best sand player. Putting has been an issue. But if you're going to ball strike as well as he has, and he just tend, you know, I was with a buddy that golfed today, and he's like, yeah, 
when was the last time Scheffler missed a cut? Or it seems like he's always in the top ten every week. I go, yeah, he'll 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 enter Sunday like T nineteen. All of a sudden, shoot the round of the day. And now he misses a play play a playoff by a shot. So mm-hmm. he's just incredibly for incredible form right now. Eleven four. There's I'm not in love with the six Ks, but there's a couple plays and there's some low sevens I can play. Like I have no problem starting my lineup with Scheffler. I can't argue what you said at all. I can't really come up with a favorite out of this tier. I think I know who my fate is. And then the other four kind of, I don't know. Like if I felt like there was an ownership leverage, I'd be turning to them. So I agree with what you've said there. I guess I got to say Brooks Kepka because the price at 10-8 is just a little bit more forgiving than Scheffler or Rahm. Uh, we saw that he won the PGA Championship. He also was very, right there at the Masters. I mean, the guy's playing like the old school big game hunter that we knew Brooks was. And we, we watched him take down a couple in a row. Uh, Brooks Kepka has entered that next stratosphere. He's won th- two U.S. Opens before. Look, the two guys ahead of him, I mean, if I found myself with the money and the ownership was less on them, I could pivot real easy. Just seems like this tier doesn't separate itself to me. He's cheaper, so I'm saying Brooks. Okay, so there is one other comp here, um, and it could be Augusta. Like when I said those sloping hmm. fairways, like Augusta, just for the uneven lies. Like I and, don't and think- Riviera, which is not far from LA Country Club. I know they're different courses, but geographically in the same area, Riv gets a lot of comps to Augusta too, right? A little bit, yeah. Well, that, yeah, I think it's more because of the lefty narrative. Um, okay, okay, okay. It could be for the other stuff as well. I don't remember. But, but no, Augusta for the uneven lies. So, even, you know, maybe Kapalua. I, I won't use J- John Deere, even though it has that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not assuming <laughs> these top guys are, uh, yeah, these top guys aren't playing, aren't going to Silvis, Illinois to play the John Deere. So, um, but, you know, that's just another little factor of playing there. And, you know, Shinnecock, Brooks did win the U.S. Open there at Shinnecock, so that that is something to look at. Um, he's going to be my quote-unquote fade in this category just because I can't play everybody. Like, mm-hmm. All right. I, between him and Rom, I think I would trust Rom ever so, so slightly more, but, I mean, it's just, for me, it's Scheffler or Hovland. Hovland's my second play. So Hovland's there with me, as is Rom. Uh, and, I mean, Hovland has shown, like, what was he missing? He was missing that short game. His short game was has been on display all of a sudden recently. Uh, he's kind of <laughs> taken that last hole out of his game. So Hovland's one of the guys I'm interested in as well. Obviously, Rom has won the U.S. Open. Uh, so I, I can get down on any of those guys. You're fading Kepka. Um, I mean, look, that's just, that's just more of a... Look, I got to make some decisions up here. I'm only playing two guys, 10K plus. It's Hovland and it's Hovland and Scheffler. I'm never considering Cantley here. If Cantley wins, I was never factoring him in. At least, at least with uh, Rom and and Brooks, I would at least be like, ugh, I don't like doing that. If if Cantley beats me, so be it. So maybe he's my official fade. I'm fading Cantley. And look, you want to argue with what he's done here. Three of the last four U.S. Opens, he's finished 21st or better. He makes the cut consistently, but he just doesn't con- He just doesn't move the needle the way these other four do for me. No. 
Skeeter, let's take it to the 9Ks where uh, we have ourselves a wonderful group of players. That starts with Rory McIlroy at 9,900. Xander Schauffele's 96. Max Homan, 94. Morikawa, 93. Spieth, 92. Fitzpatrick, 91. Cam Smith, 9K even. Where are you going, dog? Um, This one's pretty simple for me. It It's Rory. Look, I'm not... I, I still think he's fighting something here. Well, let's see. If distance is going to be a factor, well, that's Rory. He, I mean, he, T agree he's top 10, fifth off the approach, third distance, 24th in approach, or fifth off the T, sorry, 24th in approach, seventh in double avoidance. Like, he, he hits some of the main things. Scrambling, putting could be a little bit of an issue, but he doesn't three-putt well. He's pretty good in the proximity ranges. This is just too cheap of a price. And I realize he hasn't, quote-unquote, been there. It's been a little bit on Sundays, but... I mean, he's got three straight top tens. Mm-hmm. Off the tee is phenomenal. I mean, if you can figure out a Sunday at 9,900, he seems like a little bit of a bargain here. He's got the monkey off of his back, too. He's not playing for the uh, tour or a nation or a, a moral high ground anymore. He said it himself. This next time he wins one, he's winning it for Rory McIlroy. He didn't speak about himself in the third person I did, but uh, he said it. I mean, so I don't know if that frees him up anymore or not. I can't get off of Rory right there for you. He's certainly in my mix, but I will go elsewhere, and I will go to the guy below him, Xander Schauffele. I know it wasn't – it hasn't been as good with his last two tournaments, um, 18th and 24th at the PGA and the Memorial, but Xander seems like he's built for – the U.S. Open. And look at his track record here. I know he hasn't won one. 14th last year. Before that, 7th, 5th, 3rd, 6th, 5th. He plays the U.S. Open extremely well. His price tag, the fact that he was really there in form not so long ago. It's been a blip the last two. And by the way, blips are two top 25s. I'll go Xander here, man. The price is just right. Good bogey avoidance. Good approach. Off the tee has been a little bit of an issue, but actually, he's, he, I mean, he's okay there. Um, He's a SoCal guy, too, if that matters. More San Diego, I think, but yeah. Um, Correct. Yeah, he's a Torrey Pines guy. The biggest issue, I think, for him is I think he's going to be the most popular for these 9K plus guys. It's between, yeah, he's coming in early. Him and Scheffler will probably be the top two, maybe hmm. Hovland. But I think Scheffler, I mean, you can start lineups with Rory. Go Rory Shoffley and still be be fine. You can do Scheffler Shoffley. Like he's gonna make he's gonna make a lot of sense. I think people like that course history. Um, I don't think I am playing him. It's not my style this week. I don't think, but I certainly understand it. I've already had. I've already purchased nine lineups. I've got one more to buy in the Millie Maker. I've managed to get crowns for everyone I've purchased so far because they put the contest out so far in advance too. I'm so proud of myself. Nice. I'm thinking 40% Xander for me, probably. When it's all said and done, we'll see what it plays out to. Uh, you're number two behind Rory if uh, you have another. So, it's a course where you can kind of spray it a little bit, and you're going to have to scramble. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds like Jordan Spieth. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking of somebody else that's a little cheaper in this tier. Uh, Cam Smith? Yeah. I don't like his driving distance. He, he's that's, that's, and that's fair. I mean, Spieth is not, so... He, his proximity from 200-plus yards could be a little bit, bit of a concern. 
But scrambling's still there. Good approach. Good tee to green. All that. I'm not sure I end up on speed. I think I like some of these 8Ks better than I do speed. But he would be my second guy here in the nines. I'm not going to go uh, Rory after Xander, but I love Rory and I will use him. I'll give you Max Homa. Um, so, by the way, we had, we had speculated previous to the memorial. He actually missed the memorial for, I believe he was at his sister's wedding, so it wasn't to get ready for this uh, tournament. Okay. But uh, I heard earlier today, and I've found uh, some sources to back it up from the Golf Channel website, uh, Max Homa shot a 61 at this course many years ago in the Pac-12 championship, holds the course record to this day, uh, is an L.A. guy. I'm stunned that you said Xander would be the top dog in this tier and not Max Homa. Uh, Give me Homa as a guy I will use to go with Truthfully, Rory, Xander, and Colin, too. Homa will be one of the bottom three. Okay. Or four. It's Homa, Morikawa, Fitzpatrick, and Cam Smith. It'll be the lowest, and Fitzpatrick is the probably the lowest of the four. Interesting. The defending champ and the local guy. All right. Homa's my fade. Okay, interesting. Well, I'd love to know why Homa's your fade. And I, I can see his U.S. Open history is not great. I think off the tee has just not been a real strength of his. And I, you know, he's kind of, he hasn't played bad since that California swing. Like we've seen him six of the players, eighth at Wells Fargo, ninth at Charles Schwab. Past two tournaments, so a lot of it's been putting off the tee and yeah, approach. Okay. Like not a bad play, but I just, I think I like everybody else around him and he's the one I trust the least around here. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I think I'm fading Cameron Smith as yes. I thought you were. I thought you were going there with him. Um, his U.S. Open history, which for the a guy with good short game, I thought would be better, is not good at all. And I'm not sure if he's the player he was last year when he was uh, winning the Open Championship. So I'll fade Cam Smith. And as much for any reason is because, like you said, there's guys at the top of 8K that I like. Yeah, it's that the lack of distance. I mean, that helps an open championship. You can get away with an Augusta. US US Opens, they've made it very clear throughout the past few years. You better be able to drive the ball. Yeah, I I, I uh, I'm with you there. So we ready to go to the AKs? Yep. A nice group of players as you would expect in major golf. Tyrrell Hatton's eighty nine, Tony Finau eighty eight, JT eighty seven, Hideki eighty six. Lowry, 85. Sung JM, 84. DJ, 83. Burns, 82. Jason Day, 81. Cameron Young, 8K even. Skeeter, who do you like in this tier the best? Okay. So, we're going to use Shinnecock as a reference, right? Okay. Who was the best player at that U.S. Open and completely got screwed by the Saturday weather draw? When, <sighs> If you remember, this was the one that... I the, don't Jill know Ch- this answer. Okay. Phil chases ball because, I mean... They, I remember that. They let the greens bake out so much. Like, Brooks and, like... There was somebody else. Brooks and somebody else kind of went off in the morning. Might have been Finau. Shot, like, you know, one or two under. Three under, maybe. And then anybody in the afternoon, like, the top 20, I think none of them were under par or even, like, close to par. Like, because going into the third round, Dustin Johnson had a four-shot lead. And he shot 77 and then he actually came back the next day, shot 69. He finished third. He missed. He 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 was two behind Brooks. 
with playing in the absolute worst conditions on Saturday. So he dominated there. He's one at Augusta. He's from California. Um, I don't obviously I don't know where he's at. I mean, I know he won Live Tulsa the week before the PGA Championship. I don't know where he is since then, but if we're going to get into a, a tournament where you need distance, and he has a decent U.S. Open history. A uh, great one. He should have won probably three U.S. Opens. Yeah, should have won at Chambers Bay. He melted down in the was 2010 at Pebble. Was it 2010? I was thinking the PGA Championship meltdown down in that early period, too. But, yeah, was Chambers Bay is the one Jordan won, right, where I was thinking J- DJ should have won. Yeah, yeah. DJ three-putted like 10 feet on 18. He sure did. <laughs> oh, that's relatable. Well, yeah, well, you and I were a little different here. Minus but... the pressure he was under. Yes. So, I mean, stat-wise, it's hard to tell with the live guys, but it just feels like this could be a, a reminder, like, oh, yeah, hey, remember, DJ's still pretty good. Likes to play California. Course comps seem to fit him. Distance-wise, 8,300 is way too cheap for Dustin Johnson. I don't know that I get to him. The price is ridiculous, so I probably end up with a couple of uh, lineups with him just because the price is so enticing. I got to go at the very top. Tyrrell Hatton, man. I mean, I love the dude. Uh, He drives the ball incredibly well. He's in all phases of the game firing right now. He hasn't had anything worse than a – T-15 since RBC Heritage when he was T-19 or T-34 at the Masters. I mean, going back to Augusta, that T-34 is his worst finish. Terrell Hatton is just playing incredible golf. Give me him at 8,900 all day, every day. Yeah. Oh, he's on my list. What is his U.S. Open history? Spotty. Spotty. He was was sixth at Shinnecock. Oh, beautiful. Not a great Masters. uh, He's He's not a big fan of Augusta, but um. also, this kind of looks a little linksy. I mean, hmm, I don't know if it is linksy. It just kind of had a look to me. That's, I mean, you know, I'll start bringing in some of these uh, Brits here, so that would be a plus for Hatton. Mm-hmm. Um, look, I, okay, I have two other guys starred. DJ and Hatton are two. I'm going to go with the potential slightly contrarian one. Yeah, nobody. Not many people are playing him right now. Um, he actually rates out decently well. T to green approach. The putter has been letting him down. But if you're going to give me Justin Thomas a seven hundred, or more importantly, fifty to one in the book. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that's I don't care what his form is. Fifty to one for Justin Thomas is just way, way too high. I will continue to take a chance on him because when he figures this out, I mean. If I remember right, going into Southern Hills, the PGA, I don't think he was in great form there either. Maybe I'm nope. wrong. No, I believe uh, you are correct. That was, Yeah, he didn't win the player. No, that was Cam Smith that won the players. I don't think he was in great form when he won there. And he's he's got a nice little track record. Uh, five of the past six U.S. Opens he made the cut in. Two top tens, another two another two other top 25s. I'll take Justin Thomas here, and he's nobody's playing him, so... I'll take a chance. I would love to get a piece of Justin Thomas with low ownership, so I'll, I'm with you. I'll take a peek at him. There's a couple other players here that I'm interested in. As bad as the form's been, I'll probably still take a peek at Tony Finau, given his uh, or his, his play in U.S. Opens, but he's been so bad that uh, I don't know if I'm foolish for looking at him. 
Hideki Matsuyama. I'll make him my number two because those those top four guys I'm all interested in. Hideki's played pretty good throughout the course of the U.S. Open. He can hit the ball far. He can hit it far and straight. Obviously won at Augusta a couple years ago. He's found himself rounding into form. I don't know that I would ever think of Hideki Matsuyama as a U.S. Open champion. Um, you know, I don't think of him as a short game master with the putter or the uh, wedge, but if he could be neutral, I think he's got the ability with the, uh, you know, the longer clubs to, to put himself in there. So give me Hideki at this price. I'm going to have to look at him a little bit more. Um, not a bit, <clears throat> not a big driver, like driving distance, not his thing. In fact, I have to try to think, where has he won? He's won Sony. He's won at the Masters. Waste management, of course. Yeah, don't need distance there. Let me sort. Where else is he won? Uh, St. Jude, he was second. Houston, second. Third, the BMW. Like, I'm just trying to see. Has he won any... I don't know if he has a fifth at Genesis. I'm just trying to see if there's any long course. Six at Memorial. Yeah, he's won Memorial. He's been third at the Farmers. Okay. Yeah, I'm just trying... Yeah, I'm not... I mean, he's got some okay finishes. Bridgestone... That's a Firestone. I'm assuming that was a pretty long course. That's a long time ago. <laughs> 2017, Aaron Hills. He was second. Um. All right. Yeah, that one I might have to dig into more because I was initially on Finau, but you know I looked at his stats like, oh boy, that's not good. So um. I'll still take a taste, but yeah, he let me down big time at the PGA. Yeah, I see that one. So Hideki's interesting. Uh, my fade, you know, I kind of thought the caddy change would uh, spark Cam Young, but he <laughs> just has not really done much recently. And most of it's putting related. He's still fine off the tee. Approach has kind of not been where it has been with him um, around the green hand. But, so it's mainly the putter. Maybe that gets neutralized here a little bit, but I just don't trust his form right now. Uh, I'm certainly not using him. Um, but I'll tell you this, uh, there's like a couple fades for me in this tier. He was one of them, but I could go ahead and tell you that Sung JM is going to be one of my yeah. fades as well. I mean, uh, a 41st at Memorial, two missed cuts before that. We saw Sung JM playing some really good golf. That ended when the when the calendar turned May or just after. Uh, it's been about a month. So uh, along with Cameron Young, who I agree with, I'm also going to fade Sung JM. Yeah, well, let me give you the one potential case. Okay. Okay, so he, he was eighth at Wells Fargo. He went over to Korea and he won some Korean tournament there. Came back to the PGA, missed the cut horribly. Played the next week at Schwab, missed the cut. Played the next week at Memorial 41st. Maybe he just needed a week off. Maybe he'll be a little <laughs> more refreshed. Somebody else I'd buy that. I don't buy that from Sung Jam. Him and week off don't don't coincide. Yeah, but even for him, I mean that's a lot of miles. You're right about I'm that. Just, I mean, look, that that's a that's a it's a large stretch. I am not playing Sung JM. I have no interest in it. All right, well, I'll fade Jason Day then. Okay. I'm well, also I mean, fading him. I mean, that was just that was just my. I mean, that's just more of a contrarian, weird angle to take. Are we ready to get to the sevens? Yes. Skeeter, there's a ton of good names in here, as you would expect. Uh, won't rip them all out, but I'm going to go to you first. 
I mean, is it just the European, the the British connection, uh, the British invasion, if you will, to the Los Angeles Country Club? What do you like at the top of the seven? Yeah, um, there's some. Yeah, I like both Brits here. Um, mm-hmm. Especially Tommy, who, let's see, he was second at uh, Shinnecock. Just he played, starting to find some form here. Played again, obviously played really well in Canada. Could have won. Should have won, but. 18th of the PGA, 5th at Wells Fargo, 15th at Heritage, 33rd Masters, 3rd at Wells Fargo. He's gaining in all areas. Like, Charles Schwab was just a bad week, bad irons. But everything else is, like, popping into green for him. When I look at that, you know, maybe uh, he was he lost 7 tenths of a stroke last week around the green. The, now, the concern was, you know, at Canada, he gained 9 strokes putting. He led this field putting, which is not a Tommy uh, specialty. But... He's got to have enough confidence coming in there. Maybe a little extra motivation. Like he just ranks out so well in bogey avoidance, double bogey avoidance. Like he's another one who just kind of seems like a U.S. Open can be a fit for him. He has a second mm-hmm. and a fourth. Has not played the past four U.S. Opens very well, so that could be a little bit of a concern. But at at seventy nine hundred, he still feels a little underpriced. He will be very popular, but that's okay. Fairway Jesus definitely on my radar as well. Colt Nost actually called him that yesterday. It made yes, me I laugh. The the line was so great. Fairway Jesus is knocking on heaven's door. Oh my god, that was such a great line. Uh, he's not David Faraday yet, but he's getting there. Uh, you gotta like Rosie here too, yeah. correct? Yeah. U.S. Open champion. Uh, it's been a while, but he's playing exceptional golf. Uh, so I'm in on Rosie as well. You mentioned the Canada Open. Corey Connors, I think I could take a peek at him. He burned me at Augusta, so I didn't use him at the PGA. Maybe I use him here and he burns me again. Um, Bryson DeChambeau at 7,600. He seems to fit exactly what it is you're looking for here. What has he been like? I know he's fourth at the PGA, but he really hasn't done much on live, has he? He now I'll be honest with you. I haven't watched live uh, recently. He was ninth at their Washington DC event. He was fifth at their Tulsa event, okay. which, which the fourth at the PGA championship was, was sandwiched around. He is a U.S. open champion. He does have that distance. Um, I'm going to fire down on Bryson at the, at the book. I'm sure as well as put him in my lineups. Hmm. He's getting some attention, but nothing, uh, nothing absurd. One other guy, and I think, I think he was like one of my last guys out at the PGA. In fact, I gotta see what he's been doing because, you know, I, I'll go back to a guy I used to play when he was on a tour. Um, yeah, eh, not great at DC, but Lucky Neiman. Boy, I looked at him. I'm opposite of of you here, and okay. I like Neiman. What's his U.S. Open history? Does he even have much? He made, he made a cut all three times, but nothing great. Um, you know, I, I realize most of these will be PGA Tour stats, so who knows where he's at. But but pretty good distance, pretty good approach, pretty good off the tee, decent bogey avoidance, good at approximately from 200-plus yards. Again, where he's at today, I have no idea. But But he was another one that kind of jumped out at me a little bit. He did win uh, just down the street at Riv. He did, yeah, but I don't think there's a ton of correlation, despite the fact they're in the same city and it was designed. It's like, 
different I, terrains and things yeah, like that. Yeah, it is a di- they are different terrains for sure. Uh I'm just I'm just pointing out that he won close. He might have liked the uh January weather better though. Um Who else do you like up top? Anybody? I mean, if we're going to go into the mids, um I mean, I'll join everybody else with Ricky Fowler. Um Sure, why wouldn't just you? Just continues to play well and speaking of another guy who's been playing well, um maybe a little resurgence and has won at Riviera, has won at Augusta. Adam Scott. Mm-hmm. Like, Dude, not, he's not he real. seems like uh, he seems like a guy that. And honestly, I'll say the same thing about Keegan. I may not be expecting them to win, but if I'm getting a six out of six of six, I'm probably cashing here at the U.S. Open. He feels like a good guy to put your six of six uh, cap on. I mean, I mean, three three of the past four events have been top tens. Hasn't missed a cut since. Good grief! The PGA Championship last year at Southern Hills. You, dude, you're you're preaching preaching to the choir. Scotty is definitely on my list this week as well. I have a little drop off to the low sevens. Do you have anybody else in this mid seven range? I can use Keegan again. Like I said, it just feels like uh, a safe safe bet to make the cut. Hasn't missed the cut since the players. Give me Keegan in a top thirty. He's been iffy in U.S. Opens. Last year was good, but of course it was home turf. Uh, so I'm interested in him. I can go to Wyndham Clark, man. Outside of the miscut at the PGA after the Wells Fargo win, wow. I mean, he, he came back to to life at the Memorial, finished 12th there. Uh, Wyndham Clark have been playing really good. I give him the benefit of the doubt at the PGA uh, following the win, the breakthrough win at Wells Fargo. So Wyndham Clark. And then how are you going to tell me you're not interested in Patrick Reed? First of all, he pres- he has one of the best gifts ever or GIFs, depending on how you say it, the <laughs> snap wedge at the U.S. Open at a few Pebble. years ago at Pebble. Yeah, that's one of my favorite uh, GIFs. I think it's GIF, I'm not sure, I to send that. to people because it's just it's it's so beautiful. And I was lucky enough to be watching live. But uh, that doesn't change the fact that he did make the cut that day. And I will uh, I, Patrick Reed on a tough course. I'll, I'm with it. I get it. I, I don't know if I'm there. Um, he's another one. Lack of driving distance does concern me a little bit. What is his history at U.S. Opens? I think it's okay. Yeah. He makes cuts, which 7,500 isn't bad. I, I just don't know where I'm at with him. Um, uh, I never know where I'm at with him. Oh, him and Cooch. It's him, Coocher, and Siwoo, I think, in the same group. I saw that. I'm thinking, poor Siwoo. Uh, <laughs> poor Siwoo. <laughs> you think Cooch is throwing the jabs at him? Oh, absolutely. Well, <laughs> I'd also like to know how much money they're playing for, because I think Cooch loves uh, playing some side games. So, Well, hopefully Patrick's allowed. Yeah, but, but, I mean, but going back to the PGH, we're saying, so yeah, Reed, good scrambling, good bogey avoidance, good double, um, good three-putt avoidance, so... I get it, just I don't think that's one for me. Anybody else? We got I got a few names at the bottom of the list I could throw at yeah, you. Yeah, Mito Pereira keeps popping up a little bit. Um, hard, hard not to use him. That price tag seems silly. What has he been doing? He was third at the Live Golf in D.C. He was 18th at the PGA Championship. Third at Tulsa, fifth at Singapore. Okay, yeah. I can get on him. I'll just kind of quickly go through my guys here. I don't think they need a ton of explanation. Uh, Gary Woodland just keeps popping up mm-hmm. stat-wise. And 
He's been at least getting consistent enough finishes for 7,200 that you can live with. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cam Davis, pure bomber. He's been very inconsistent. So between him and, like, Kurt Kitayama, like, one of them I'm sure will do well. One of them will be, like, 15 over and miss the cuts and just disaster fashion. Uh, Seth Straka kind of jumped out a little bit to me. Heck yes. Especially for this is going to be tough. We always keep going back to the he won Honda. So he's in play for me. Um, I mean, look, I'll keep playing Ryan Fox as long as he's making cuts. I mean, that's my guy. And then then Luke List. um, I get get another one probably in the same bucket of uh, Kitayama and Cam Davis. Who knows what you're going to get, but he's at least made three straight cuts. Still can't putt, but the approach has been there off the tee. We know he has some dis- he has some distance there. Eric Cole? God, he's been playing well. Sixty. He shot 63 yesterday, didn't he? Uh, yeah, because he was one of the guys they interviewed. He posted the 16. No, he posted a 14. I take that back. Uh, yeah, he shot a 63 yesterday. Yeah, I'm not on him. I mean, distance will be an issue. Good scrambler, good bogey avoidance, but this feels like a step up. I kind of want to, I kind of want to hold off on him. Russ Henley, too short of a hitter. I thought about him. I don't need your opinion. Denny McCarthy plays tough course as well, and he is under the umbrella of my favorites. Denny Mac is definitely going to be in my lineups. Mm. <laughs> you you don't need to say anything else. Uh, I'm with you on Straka too, man. He seems to fit the mold real well here. All right, you got me. Dave McCarthy distance is a major issue, but he's been scrambling like a dog. He even said in his interview after the playoff that he considers himself a tough course player. Look what he did last year at the U.S. Open. Look what he did at the PGA Championship. Look what he's done at the Memorial two years running. Uh, Denny McCarthy also had a nice uh, Wells Fargo. I'm not mistaken. I'm not looking at it right now, but I mean, it's not just those. He's yeah, Wells Fargo. He was eighth. So, uh, you know, I mean, what, what do you want from me? I'm a Denny Mac guy now. Oh, he was 13th at the Players, the truest test of golf as well, uh, and 14th at the Genesis. Now I'm skipping. He was fourth at Pebble Beach Pro-Am. I skipped a couple missed cuts if we're being fair. But Denny McCarthy is having himself one hell of a season, dude. You're selling me on him. Um... I walked with him and his fam for two days straight. I've already sold myself. Now I'm just trying to get more believers. No, at that number... Yeah, I mean, he's getting some attention, rightfully should. Um, yeah, okay. All right. Sergio? No. Okay. I know some others are on him. I'm not. Okay, that's fine. I'm considering him. I don't know. I mean, I like I have Sergio, Eckroat, and Justin Suh at the very bottom if I need, like, minimum 7K. Yeah. Suh's one I could go to. Who are you fading in 7K? Phil. Okay. Do you want I'm a real, I, mean, I mean, all right, here are my two quote-unquote non-real fades, Phil and Billy Horschel. All right, I have a I have a real fade for you, and I, I know too. that he can pop up from time to time. I'm fading Siwoo Kim. Oh, yeah, bad. Oh, yes, he's another Horrible one. U.S. Open record. That's I, stunning to me. I will be looking to pick on him a little bit. Um, Some, like, head-to-head head bats head. or something? Yeah, or even, like, first round, you know. Uh, prize picks or now, uh, now wait a minute where was the 2017 u.s open because that's where he finished 13th his best in aaron uh, hills 
Okay. <laughs> so, because as soon as I like, I even thought of that before we started today, I was like, well, if I fade Siwoo, what do we know about Siwoo? He can pop at any time, and this he this can, could be his but moment. U.S. Opens don't seem to be his thing. Um, yeah, I'm fading Siwoo. He's a hothead, and I don't know if he's got the ability to run cool here. My other fade, Thigala. Like he is not been, on a- He has been awful off the tee. Like yeah, he's losing multiple strokes. Approaches just aren't there. He's been very putter reliance. Like he's got good distance, but he's I mean, he's been inaccurate. And while you can spray it around uh, LA Country Club a little bit, that's a dangerous combination. Like I saw that and like, okay. I think Gala will be another one I might pick on mashups. Like I like the guy and long term I think he's there, but he's just not there right right now. Amen. He wasn't there last, uh, well, two weeks ago at the uh, Memorial after he played really well there a year ago. And, of course, it seems to fit him. I'm with you. Thigala, uh, I'm fading Siwoo harder. But, yeah, I mean, I'm on Bryce and Keegan and Rory around him. And Wynn and Clark, for that matter, and Adam Scott. So, yeah, I'm with you there. Right. We ready for 6K? Not much here for me, but yes. All right. Well, I'll throw the first name out there because he sits right at the top of the list. Not the very tippity top, but c- close enough. Carson Young. Uh, I mean, maybe this is too big of a stage for him, but I turned to him again last week when he was pretty cheap and he was in, he was okay. He could have been better, but Carson Young hasn't missed but one cut uh, in quite some time going back to, he's missed one cut since April and that was the Wells Fargo. Yeah. I'm trying to let me see. Where has he been? Around the green's been a struggle for him, and that does concern me. The U.S. Open, not a surely long, does not a long hitter. Um, good proximity from one seventy five to two hundred is not from two hundred plus. I don't mind it. Uh, I mean, it's not for me yet. Okay. Um, if we're at the same price point, give me a guy who finished top twenty in the U.S. Open last year, Hayden Buckley. Good off the tee. Decent distance, dis- decent approach. Bogey avoidance is a little bit of an issue. Um, good proximity from 200 plus. I don't know if I get there, but that he's at least one guy that popped up to me, and I have another guy down the list. Well, um, I'm sure it's Charlie Hoffman. <laughs> it is not. Um, <laughs> good, good distance still, which is good. Uh, bogey avoidance is there. Um, Let's see what's he been doing recently? Yeah, it's the putter. The putter has been bad, but he is a California guy, right? Uh, he went to UNLV. I think he is from Southern California. Okay, maybe something there. Um, my other guy, sixty six hundred, Sam Stevens. Okay. Uh, fourteenth in distance, twenty third off the tee. Putter's been his main issue, but. Good proximity numbers from 175 to 200. Good three-putter avoidance, despite the fact he can't putt. Decent approach numbers, like 6,600. He does kind of stick out a little bit. Uh, 41st at Memorial, 29th at Schwab, 72nd at the PGA, 34th at Byron Nelson, 47th at Wells Fargo. I mean, he's making cuts. He missed at Heritage, but was second at Valero, third at Punta Cana. Like, he at least, like I said, making cuts. Um... At 6,600? Like, worth a look. Actually, I have another 6,600 guy I'll consider. Who else you got? Sam Bennett. Okay. I used him on Sunday Showdown yesterday, but 
He's been getting off the tee. 20th at Canada, 63rd at Memorial. He's made a cut. 16th at Augusta. 49th at the U.S. Open last year. Like, he's he's starting. I mean, he has a little bit of back class here. 6,600. I'd rather take a shot on him than some of these other guys around here. Like, no thank you on Martin Keimer or Stuart Sink. Uh, Patrick Rogers doing anything for you? I am not a Patrick Rogers guy, but he makes he makes sense. Okay. Good bogey avoidance. Good proximity. One seventy five two hundred. Good par four player for five hundred plus yards. Good off the tee. Good distance. I don't think he's a bad play at all. Adam Hadwin's made a lot of cuts at the U.S. Open. I know he just got cut in half by the spear from the security <laughs> guard. Uh, I didn't plan on saying that. I'm proud of myself for coming up with that right now. Thank you. Very Adam well, Hadwin at 6,900, another guy that I got to take a peek at. I looked at him. Distance is a little bit of an issue, but good scrambler, good bogey avoidance. Uh, it's those long, and yeah, 500, not a good 500-plus yard par four guy, not a good 200-plus proximity. Adrian Moronk. Oh, God. I don't know what to do with him. Um, I like him long term, but... I feel like if I have a lineup where I need somebody who's 6,700, I'm willing to take a flyer with him here. 45th at Genesis, 14th at Honda, missed at Masters, missed at API, 40th at PGA, missed on the number at Canada. I needed him. I, I might have cashed if he had uh, made the cut. Um, Yeah, I don't... Don't hate it. Good distance. Good off the tee. I don't know what to do with Moronk. Michael Kim? Been playing well. Um, he, was, he was disappointing in Canada, honestly. Had been playing really good besides that. Sorry. Where is he at? 6,900. I'm not digging too deep in the 6Ks, clearly. <laughs> Everyone is 6,900 so far, I think, that I brought up. He's 69? I don't see him. Yeah, Michael Kim, uh, 6,900. No, he's not on my stat list. Well, um, who knows? Maybe something's happened where he's still on the DraftKings website. And, uh, Fantasy National must have forgotten to put him in. Well, then maybe that'll make him low-owned and I'll get after him. <laughs> I think that is truthfully about all the names I could bring up here. Yeah, I don't think I have anybody else. Um, Wilkel Niebauer might get a little bit of attention because he's just a pure bomber. So if you're playing the distance angle, he might show up a little bit. But but um, trying to look at anybody else who potentially. Brent Grant has been yeah, he's another distance guy, but he's not really been doing anything. I mean. You don't want you don't want any. I mean, look, one of these U.S. Open qualifiers guys who could you know probably come through could it be Thor Bjornsson or Preston Summerhays. They, they were, I, they were college players who got through. Um, but outside of that, I don't think you really want to try to do much. Do you have a fade for me? Oh, um, let's see. There is no stats on Isaac Simmons. No idea who he is. Well, we'll just kind of go ahead. I'm going to fade your boy Francesco Molinari here. Oh, uh, yeah, that's probably a good one. Um, I think my girlfriend's friend used him in the uh, bar lineup. I'm going to allow it. I'm not telling uh, 
I'm not telling anybody what to do there. But I'm going to fade Frank, Frankie Molinari. So did you at least say thank you for the uh, donation? <laughs> I got to get the 20 bucks from him first. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that's what I've got for you, Skeeter. Um, anything else from the DraftKings perspective? I don't think I have anything. Well, Skeeter, should we talk about one and done? Yes. How have you done the last two weeks? Well, Morikawa withdrawal did not help the cause because, you know, that was going to be a nice top 10 cash, hopefully, and the withdrawal meant $0, so um, that didn't help. I played Lowry. He didn't do much, but see, I mean, I don't think I dropped anything. I got him like two, uh, let me see, I'm like 220th place or something. Hmm. I'm in 2,699th place. Okay. So I used Justin Thomas at the Memorial. He was a missed cut. Uh, that was fun. And then I used Justin Rose and got 281, 281,000 uh, nice. at the Canadian Open. That's not bad. Eh, it's, it's, I guess it's not. <laughs> so, Skeeter, at this point, I guess I'm just going to plug in Brooks Kepka and take what I get. Yeah. I'm going Dustin Johnson. Um, that's fair i used him a gust a week because i was like i somehow got it's me it's i shouldn't make me mad uh so i shouldn't even say it makes me mad it makes me mad i got the game theory part right where uh, i was like let me use the live golfer that's not going to be owned at all at augusta and had i used brooks at augusta it would have been fine i know he didn't win but i would have got mad bucks so eh, whatever using brooks here yeah no it it happens um all the time it's just for me like I actually like Dustin here. Like, he seems to fit. Whether or not he does, I don't know. But I'm not using him at the Open. I'd like to, you know, I've already said, like, I'm saving Rom for the playoffs. I still have, like, Sam Burns I got to use. Like, this just feels like a chance. I mean, and, you know, this be interesting in future years what happens here. But I don't know. I mean, I have Cam Smith, Hovland. I'm saving Hovland for the Open. Bryson, like. Hideki, like, I'm starting to run out of some of these top players, so why don't I take a top player who I'm not going to be able to use again, so. I don't think there's a a flaw in your methodology, especially when you consider that I am exponentially worse than you this year. All right. Well, yeah, but you know (laughs) what? I mean, look, we're going to get to, you know, it's it's year by year, it's it's, it's kind of timing, like... Can you get the right play at the right time? Yeah, once you get off timing, then you're kind of, once you're zagging when you should be zigging, it never seems to find its way. Yeah, we're kind of getting close to the point where you could be, I won't say eliminated, but it's, you know, impossible to come back, or you would need you would need the run of a lifetime to come back. Well, Skeeter, um, I believe in miracles. Oh. Little Al Michaels reference, which that got mentioned yesterday as well. Yes, it did because they were in Canada. Uh, yes, they. Yes, it did. Uh, Skeeter, I think that's all I got for you. Um, I, I guess the only other thing I have for you has nothing to do with the tournament itself. I'm so stoked that this is on the West Coast. I am absolutely yes. looking forward to. I'm probably going to be bellied up on a bar come Friday watching this cut line. Uh, it's just it fits my primetime viewing better. I'm so pumped about a west coast major um not that i would hate any other place but i don't know i'm really pumped about it no yeah especially you know for me um you know i have to travel for 
you know, to go see my dad for Father's Day on Sunday, and I don't know what, you know, maybe it'll be done, like, early, you know, I don't know if I'll be done in the morning, you know, like, noon, or it could be, like, early, early mid-evening. The fact that I could be driving back, and they're on the back nine, instead of, you know, trying to constantly look at my phone, trying to see what's happening as it ends. Yeah, I... I always, I think I'm with you. I think every time this comes around, we like to, we like these West Coast uh, majors. Oh yeah, I will be uh, doing a little fantasy football for SiriusXM this weekend, and That's I assure nice. you that when we sign off on Sunday at 1 p.m., I have plans, and it's straight to the television for what will probably be four hours before the uh, before the leaders tee off, and I'm going to be content to spend eight straight watching that television. So you have no problem watching Shane Lowry plus nine. Sorry, Shane, just a random golfer. Plus nine playing the back nine. Like, all right, those are great. No, not at all. Oh, my God, not at all. It's a major championship. No. Exactly. That's fine with me. <laughs> Skeeter, anything else for the, U, uh, the U.S. Open, our national championship? I don't think I have anything else. Nor do I. Well, I wish you the best of luck again this week, my friend. And uh, as always, I appreciate you. I appreciate everybody for listening to us. And for him, Skeeter Robinson, I'm James Adams. And this has been the Fantastics My Fantasy Fix DFS Golf Podcast.